Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at NortonSimon.org. You have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from Alleist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes, too, when you donate now at laist.com slash sweeps. LAist Studios. This is How to LA, the show that helps you navigate this city. I'm Brian De Los Santos. Los Angeles is a big place, but there's a lot of ways to get around town from the train to the bus to Metro Micro. Have you heard of it? It's a pilot program that's been in the works for a few years that's essentially a rideshare service run by Metro. You can use it for a total of $1. It's been a game changer for those who know about it and use it, like artist Nat Center. I use Metro Micro because I exclusively use public transportation and have been for almost a decade while living in Los Angeles. I know, quite shocking. Um, Of all the public transportation I've tried, this one totally fits my lifestyle, and I've been blown away by how much the service has made my life easier. Uh, And the micro zone I'm currently in allows me to take a single ride affordably to a destination that would normally cost like 15 bucks if I was taking a regular ride share or if I was taking the bus would require at least a transfer just because of how the bus lines are laid out. But there could be some changes coming to the program, including a possible fare increase to $2.50. I support the price going up to $2.50 if we can see the expand of its scope. Like for example, my current pocket doesn't expand to a portion of Echo Park and cuts out Chinatown completely. I really feel like Just that small stretch could help bring accessibility to neighborhoods that would wholeheartedly support the program. Metro has asked for comment from the public about the proposal, but we wanted to hear more about the program and why Metro is investing in this service. Today, we have a latest reporter, McKenna Sievertson, who's been covering the program. Hey, McKenna. Hey. Uh, So first things first, what is Metro Micro and what was the goal for when it just launched? Yeah, so Micro is LA Metro's rideshare service. So it's on demand. That means you can reserve a ride whenever you need it, rather than kind of planning around a scheduled route like you would for a bus or for a train. You can get picked up and dropped off in one of these designated locations within the zones or the areas that Metro Micro serves. Um, And you can also reserve the ride through the mobile app, which I downloaded last night. So it's actually pretty easy. You can accept the terms of service. You um, put in some of your personal information, and then it shows you a cool, really little map of your area and where you can get picked up and dropped off. You can also book a ride through their website or by calling 323-GO-METRO, which will connect you to their call center. And so it started as a unsolicited proposal in 2017 that the Metro Board of Directors found intriguing enough to take to take up and look at. Um, so they selected three different groups to come up with this proposal for it in 2018. They ended up selecting one of those, and that was fully approved by the board in February 2020. The ultimate goal of this was never to replace the bus or train service, but kind of to fill in the gaps. So the hope is that people that use Metro Micro won't have to make as many transfers to get wherever they're going. 
And Metro has acknowledged that, you know, times have changed with transit. Mm. Their ridership numbers were down when they were considering this program. And they realized a lot of people were turning to services like Uber and Lyft. So this is kind of their own version of that. You know, this program was originally set for three years and it got expanded to another year until September 2024. What does this extension mean? Yeah, so it's still considered a pilot program. But when it was initially approved, you know, that was a couple weeks before COVID was declared a pandemic. So the, by the time it was actually up and running in December 2020, you know, the world looked very different. Right. <laughs> so Metro has kind of acknowledged that they haven't met all of their goals with this program. They haven't had the time to really work out all the kinks that they'd like to. Um, so this extension is going to give them that time to basically make those adjustments. For example, they're considering raising the fare, but they're also considering taking a look at those zones and the service hours for underperforming areas. That doesn't mean they're going to cancel it or remove it right away, but they're just going to take a closer look. So I'm also curious, who uses the Metro Micro now? And you were talking about zones. What are the zones that um, this Metro Micro operates in? Yeah, so there's eight different zones all across the county. And those were kind of decided as areas where there was a lack of service or where there needed to be that they call that first and last mile connection. So getting to the station or getting from the station to wherever they're going. So Metro says Micro has served more than 46,000 individual users. And so it's eight zones cover 29 cities and 12 unincorporated areas throughout the county, and each zone will connect you to Metro Rail or the BRT. So of the eight zones, the Altadena, Pasadena, and Sierra Madre area is the busiest during the weekdays, and the most popular locations are Pasadena City College and the Jet Propulsion Lab. So obviously this is being used by some students and some commuters as well. Um, on the weekends, the Highland Park, Eagle Rock, Glendale area is the busiest. Okay. And the most popular locations for that is the Brand and Broadway, which is right next to the Americana. Mm. And then also the Highland Park Station. So people are using it to connect to the next station, to connect to their next stop. And that is something that the Metro CEO, Conan Chung, has said is exactly what he wants the service to be used for. We'll be right back to hear what folks have to say about the program. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Buñuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on four consecutive Fridays starting May 10th. More information at nortonsimon.org. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theatre Company at the Los Angeles Theatre Center, presenting the world premiere of Mix Mix, The Filipino Adventures of a German-Jewish Boy by Boney B. Alvarez. Inspired by true events from the life of Ralph Price, after escaping Nazi Germany, a newfound tropical refuge in the Philippines is upended when Japan invades the islands. On stage through June 16th, tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. So let's talk about this, you know, rise in fare for the service. What do you know about it and what have people been saying? Yeah, so this new proposed fare, it was always a part of the plan. Mm. Now that $1 fare is cheaper than the buses. So people are turning to Metro Micro instead of using the buses and the rail. 
However, Metro Micro only has about 82 vehicles. So they're like blue vans. They can carry up to nine people. Some of them can carry up to six people. And then the ADA vans can also carry up to three people. So they have the Metro logo on it. And they have kind of like pixels, colorful up and down. You've seen them probably all over the city. Um, They drive a little bit slower. They make a couple stops, but you'll see them out on the roads. So right now, demand is outpacing supply. If an increased fare reduces demand a little bit, that might be a good thing for the service overall. You've been reporting on this topic for a minute. Um, there's been a lot of public hearings about the, you know, the increase in, in the fare price. Do you know what has been said at these things so far? Yeah, so Metro is hosting five different public meetings in different parts of the county to kind of get input from those communities. Metro will present the proposed fare structure to a Metro board subcommittee on January 18th. If that makes it through there, they'll go to the full board of directors for their final approval on January 25th. So there was some pushback at the San Gabriel meeting. A member of the service council asked Metro why this program? Why are we putting money into this program and not more frequent service, electric bikes, or other infrastructure. And people have certainly questioned the value of the service, you know, when it can carry nine people maximum, especially at this cost. You know, each $1 ride for us costs Metro about $42 to operate. So some people like Shanna Hermosio, who's an Alhambra resident, um, says Metro Micro is just too unreliable for her. Just overall, it seems like it's not really increasing accessibility and, and like someone said, I would rather see this money go to prioritizing more frequent uh, buses and increasing bus lines. And in terms of support? Yeah, so I don't think anyone likes the idea of having to pay more for something, but there has been some support for this. Um, so John Lloyd, who lives in Sierra Madre, said he and his adult son use this regularly in a written public comment. And he says it's been a really great asset for his community. I have used this service a number of times, and my adult son, who is transit-dependent and lives at home, uses it regularly. It is his lifeline and access to educational opportunities at Pasadena City College. Since our city, Sierra Madre, no longer has fixed route uh, transit service, the Metro Micro is our only transit service, and many members of our community rely on it. So that right there is an example of maybe why Pasadena City College is such a popular destination for that particular zone. Yeah, I hear that. So, um, you know... As you noted, it is pretty expensive to maintain. Each $1 micro ride costs Metro $42 to operate. Why does Metro say it wants to continue to extend and operate this service? Yeah, for context, so a Metro representative said at the San Gabriel meeting that their most expensive bus route costs them about $23 to operate. So with that being said, the service is introducing people to the Metro system. Um, The CEO said this past September that 11% of Micro users are new to Metro. And increasing ridership was always one of the ultimate goals. So in that way, it has been somewhat successful. And Metro is hoping, you know, they can hold on to those riders while they keep making those improvements. And they do expect that cost to come down. That $42 number was from this past September. And Metro says a lot of things have changed since then. Fuel prices and some operating costs have gone down. So they do expect that to be lower in the next couple months. Overall, I get the sense that Metro feels like this hasn't had its time. It hasn't had the time to work out all the kinks, hasn't had its time to reach its full potential. And the board, however hesitant about the price tag some of them are, don't necessarily seem to see this as a way of taking away from other programs. It's, I think they see it as a way to introduce writers to the system and expose them to everything else Metro has to offer. Have they brought up any ideas of how they could 
incentivize like younger folks or just people who are like mostly using rideshare apps? Because I know this is program is not meant to kind of wipe away the usage of you know Uber or Lyft or any other rideshare app. But like, what are they thinking about to get more riders into Metro? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I mean, it's definitely the the micro is kind of the most the youngest thing that they've done so far. It really is. I mean, the app isn't exactly like Uber, but it's the same process. You put in a destination, you can see where you're going, you get matched with a driver, all of that. So I think this is kind of their way of trying to appeal more to younger Angelinos and people who may not be super familiar with the metro system and they just want to kind of get them into it. If Once they get on a micro, they might realize it's not so scary and, oh, they get dropped off right at the station. They can continue using the service. Um, so I think that's a big part of it, too. So, McKenna, have you tried it out? And if you haven't, would you do it for the story? It's definitely something I've been considering. Like I said, I downloaded the app last night to kind of take a look and see how it works. And yeah, I'm pretty impressed with it. I mean, I'm sure, you know, there has been some complaints about the wait times and the accuracy and all of that. So I'm sure, you know, if I was in a pinch, it might not be something I'd reach to. But I'm definitely interested in giving it a shot. And, you know, if it's cheaper and if it gets me to where I'm going in a reasonable time, hey, I'll use it. Well, thank you so much for joining me in the studio and telling me a little bit more about Micro. Of course. Happy to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. We also reached out to folks at Metro to see what they had to say about this investment in Metro Micro. That's after the break. Support for LAist comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies, held on select Fridays in May. Each film touches upon Spanish artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, including Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro and The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie by Luis Buñuel. Screenings are at 4.30 p.m. on four consecutive Fridays starting May 10th. More information at nortonsimon.org. Support for LAS comes from Latino Theater Company at the Los Angeles Theater Center, presenting the world premiere of Ghost Waltz by Oliver Mayer, a bold original recovery of Juventino Rosas, one of Mexico's most significant composers. Follow Rosas from his father's early death to his friendship with ragtime genius Scott Joplin, now on stage through June 2nd. Tickets and information at latinotheaterco.org. Hey there, we're back. McKenna did a great job introducing us to Metro Micro and the scope of things, but I really wanted to understand Metro's mission with this expensive program. So we spoke with Metro's Joseph Forgerini. My name is Joe Forgerini, and my role here at Metro is Senior Executive Officer Service Development. And my team here basically do the service planning and scheduling for all Metro bus and rail service and uh, also includes a team that look after the Metro Micro program. We kind of already got the basics. We broke down how the program got started and how it works. But what would you say Micro's mission is? That connectivity to the rest of our network uh, was the dominant issue. And some of the changes we're going to be making to the fare structure that we'll probably talk about uh, may help us in that area because we're going to you know, develop a coordinated fare structure to allow an easier movement between Metro Micro and you know, Metro's bus and rail network. Before we get to the fare uh, portion of the question, I do want to ask you, who are the Metro riders who go on Metro Micro and use it? So, yeah, I can uh, tell you a bit about the profile of our Metro riders uh, for the Metro Micro program. And it is a little different to what we see on the, uh, you know, the bus 
uh, network. Um, we definitely see less male uh, riders for some reason. A little under 40% of our riders are identifying as male. Uh, well over 50% identifying as, as females. Our largest group is that 25 to 44 age uh, range. You know, about 45% of our riders are in that group. The biggest group I wanted to also speak about was, um, you know, firstly, uh, the lower income under 15,000, um, you know, um, for uh, household income. Uh, they were basically almost 30% of our riders. Let's go back to the fare increase, which is kind of why we're doing this, this episode on Metro Micro. Um, you know, the, the fare increase is being uh, looked at at the end of the month. Um, how would Metro, how would that help Metro maintain the program? When we launched the program, we launched it with our board's approval to use an introductory promotional fare of a dollar. We did approve a base fare, you know, through our board back at that time when the program began, but we never to date have implemented it. So the $2.50 again was approved. So we're really just looking to you know, basically uh, implement that. From the fare perspective, we want to learn a few things, you know, whether it is going to significantly change sustainability. We, we don't really expect it's going to be a complete game changer. We have a lot of other things we need to do to work on the cost structures. We also recognise that the original approval did not include things like connectivity to our bus and rail network and did not include discounts. You know, we have many discount programs. Uh, our LIFE, our Low Income Fare is Easy program for low-income people, uh, our uh, fares for seniors and people with disabilities. Uh, we, you know, have student fares as well. So we're incorporating those and many of those groups will actually be at the dollar fare still. And that's really what we're hearing in our public outreach. Even before people talk about the fair, they talk about, you know, how valuable the program is to them uh, for their personal travel. Commenters have said, you know, that they are able to pay that $2.50 and they do value the product and uh, definitely appreciate that we're not moving to uh, to close down the program. You know, quite the opposite. We would like to uh, make sure it finds a sustainable path forward for its future with Metro. Where do you think the investment in Metro Micro is going this year or, or maybe even spilling into the next year? Because, you know, it's it's going to be a lot of understanding and, and studying the, you know, what it what the needs are for this service. So what's next? Really, what's next is to optimize how we deliver the current service. Uh, and again, try to get more and more trips completed for our riders in each of those eight zones uh, and really, you know, lock in the uh, the most cost-effective way to deliver that service. Uh, less so about, you know, restructuring what service we would offer. Thank you so much for your time today, Joseph. Most welcome. Thanks, Brian. That's it for us today. Tune in tomorrow. We'll have an episode highlighting the massive 1994 Northridge earthquake and how you should prepare for the big one. Thanks to Elias McKenna-Sievertson for her reporting and Joseph Giarini from Metro for joining. This episode is produced by Victoria Alejandro and Tony Morales. The rest of the How to LA team is Erica Washington, Evan Jacoby, Monica Bushman, and Megan Botel. We'll catch you here tomorrow. Thank you. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes LA a better place to live. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. 
one lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAist.com slash sweeps.